1: to get your emails opened. Have you picked up our online survival guide yet? Get prepped for the future
0: of online marketing by going to www.aybguide.com.
1: Hey everybody, this is Andrew McCauley, welcome to podcast number 54. 54, we're talking about email marketing. What sort of things do you need to look at when you're creating emails and how can you even add some of the content and what sort of content can you add to emails? To make sure people are opening them when they need to, Heather Porter is with me all the way from sunny Sydney.
0: Hey, H. Hello, Andrew. Hello, everybody. Thanks again for joining us. How are you, Andrew?
1: I am great. Excited okay. to be on the podcast again, number 54. We are just cranking these things out. I love it.
0: We are having a good time. Uh, now, and emails are interesting, too, because I think there's like a little bit of a debate on, you know, how many, what's the, what are the statistics, how many people actually read them, open them, is it worth it? What do I even write in an email, so many people say, because I'm confused with the whole thing. So we're doing this episode to help you guys understand sort of industry averages of, um, you know, open rates and some ideas of what you can actually put in your emails when you're doing marketing to help them get opened and also make it a lot easier for you guys as well to create them.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Now we always do a special segment at the top of this podcast, and that is what I learned. Now you know the thing about what I, you know what I like about this segment is that we actually forget that we're going to talk about this segment until we hit Every record, time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and then it's like, really, is that what you learned? So we actually haven't even scripted this <laughs> this next bit. Most of the time, it's not scripted. And uh, we're suddenly thinking, oh, wow, we had to think of that. So while Heather's busy thinking about what she learned this one. week. Oh, you got Sorry. one.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow, I am impressed. It Very came that
0: fast. How about, how about
1: you, um, so. why don't you? Why don't you set us off and tell us what you learned this week then?
0: Okay, here's a really cool one. So we're doing some testing with um, some sales forms, and when you sell stuff online, you're generally hooking up. You're either doing a, using a PayPal button, or if you're getting a little bit more fancy and using like shopping carts and things like that, you're using a, what's called a, a payment form, where you're using a system like Infusionsoft or Office Autopilot or One Shopping Cart or one of those systems, and then you have to link it up to payment gateway like an eWay or authorized Net or PayPal. Now here's the cool thing about it for many of you guys that are using this there's there's actually um something called a dummy gateway or sandbox mode that you can set up which means it takes like fake money so for example most of these come with like a a dummy credit card number which is by standard four one 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 or something like that so As you're building forms and testing your systems, you can actually test with sort of fake money and actually have the whole process go through um, instead of signing up time and time again with real money. Because, Andrew, I've had clients to say, oh, really? So because I've sitting there just testing and testing and testing and spending all this money off my credit card and having to reimburse myself. I didn't even realize I could do that. So. There you go. So something called a dummy gateway that you can hook up or in PayPal, it's called sandbox mode. And that's how you test all your sales forms before um, even needing to take real money.
1: You know, one of the good things about that too, by the way, is that if you use the credit card that in PayPal, for instance, if you're using the credit card that your PayPal account is connected to, and yeah. they're paying money, you're, you're paying money from that credit card into PayPal, and then they essentially pay it back to you in that credit card, um they sometimes consider that money laundering so you want to be careful about using that sort of thing so a sandbox as in in PayPal world is a great way to test it out and have a play to make sure it works before you actually unleash it on the public
0: absolutely and with e-commerce growing so rapidly right now and bit of the buzzword online there's going to be more people popping up with their own shops so just yep. keep that in mind that there is a way to test before you know using real money through your system
1: yes 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 very true it's- so, Andrew, what have you learned? Well, I learned a, I learned a few things um, over the last week. But one of the things that did jump out at me uh, was the fact that, um, and this is more of a stat that I learned than, um, than a process, but if you're running Facebook ads um, to, your, to your website and your website is not mobile enabled, so it's not responsive, um so and we've spoken about responsive before, but if you have not got a responsive website, then you will have extremely low click through rates and conversion rates on that website if you do not have a, a um convert, a, a responsive website. As soon as you create a responsive website, the difference is like three hundred times better. Something mm. ridiculous. It's a phenomenal amount of um improvement on your Conversion rate for people going to a responsive website. Um, if you're running Facebook ads, so if you're running Facebook ads and they and you're clicking through and you're running them on a mobile-only device for, for mobile devices, and it's not a responsive site, then you are wasting your time essentially. So um, yeah. that may not sound like a very exciting thing to learn, but I thought it was fascinating that there are I know people that are running ads to mobile users only, but they're running it to a, a non-mobile friendly site. And uh, no, I, they're, they're I think that's, time.
0: yeah, I think that's a big thing that you pointed out because we keep saying, you know, everyone's going mobile and, and engaging with, with, um, you know, from their tablet or phone, they're engaging with websites and even starting to purchase from websites. And so it makes sense if if you're clicking on an ad that's been targeted to your mobile device, you're going into a website and it's, like one of those old school big websites that is hard to navigate around, you're pinching your screen to try and find things and, you know, to zoom in and all that, then it, I could see why people would leave. So that makes sense.
1: Yes, Mm. yes, yes. All right. So having said that, um, email marketing, we've spoken a little bit about email and uh, open rates and opt-in rates previously, but we really haven't done too much on um, what's going on with email these days. Email is changing all the time. Um, the the things that are working on email is changing all the time, and so we thought today's little episode we'll talk about what's working in email, what's some of the things you want to consider and still consider because um, just as the internet changes, trends change, and the the preference of what people click on uh, and what's inside an email can change too. So um, we thought we'd bring people up to date with what we're discovering and what's we've been checking out when we've been testing this stuff.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I'd like to start, I guess, by just painting a picture of, based on your industry, how hard or, or easy you have it when you're getting people to open up your emails. Because there's differing statistics based on your industry and how many, um, you know, their open rate percentage. So rule of thumb here, and, and by the way, this data is coming from MailChimp, it's coming from Constant Contact, and it's coming from Campaign Monitor, which are three of the biggest email marketing platforms out there. So they know what they're talking about. They have thousands and thousands of clients. And this is their, their average that they, you know, have come across. So really, if you're a nonprofit, you're lucky, because uh, like art, art, museums, nonprofits, those sorts of organizations are right now averaging around a 40% open rate for their database. So that means 40% of the people that get that email are opening the email. Now, as you go downwards into more retail, um, if you're doing financial and real estate and things like that, it starts to slide right on down to 20%. Wow. So at the lowest end, we're talking the financials, the real estate, 20% open rates. Now, now and that's, even
1: re- that's, that's, a, that's still mm. a fairly good open rate for financials. Actually, what we're finding, right?
0: Yeah, it it is. I mean, the definitely in some of the tips we're going to give you guys here, if you're following these tips, then you'll you'll get that, you know, you'll get that sort of 20% open. Um, and if you're keeping your list warm too, which is important. But really, I mean, so, you know, if you're coming for more of a business, even web, web designers and um, marketing, marketing companies like ourselves, we're kind of in the harder spot. We're down lower. We're in the 20%ers because I think it's just people are a little bit more critical and and um, they question the emails more somehow and if you're a nonprofit you're obviously coming from the heart space and you're thinking you know, you know I, yeah I should help these guys out so it makes kind of common sense I guess yeah. but um, yeah interesting isn't it so if you're thinking about you write you know you write that hard email you spend all the time on an that email and only 20% are opening it and we're not talking click throughs that's a whole other
1: that's just well, one. One every five people. Only one in every five people actually open up your email. Mm. That's pretty sad. You you do you put all this effort into. Well, some people don't put effort into it. But um, yeah. I guess uh, that's the way it is. That's what. That's how much email we're seeing these days. We're seeing so much email that people don't even open it anymore. Which is. Um, but you know what? It's not dying. There is still life. Still works. Yes. Still works, especially for,
0: you know, demographics from university up, because um, we, we all use email, especially from your corporate still. You're using email in your job. So it is working. So let's um, give some ideas, yeah, around how to create emails and some some ways to make it easier for you guys to actually write them and, and create them in your business.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's let's start with the top of the email. Like the first thing that people see. What's the first thing the people subject see? Subject
0: line. Yeah, right,
1: okay. So <laughs> so what's working subject line wise these days?
0: So, these days is you're basically, the best way to put it is this. Pretend like you are in a cafe or at a dinner party and you are having a chat with somebody right in front of you and you're going to announce something to that person. So, it might be, um, you know, the last month was really hard for me, or I cannot believe I just launched this. Literally, you're talking to in your email using the subject line to, in the same way you would talk to somebody and sort of change the subject, I suppose, into something that you want to talk about that's happening in your life. The other thing is, too, using first names in the email where you do those merge fields is not working as well as it used to because we've all cottoned on. We all know that at this time, all email programs, you could do merge fields and it's not personal anymore. So it's, you know, use them sparingly. So really, we're talking in subject lines. We're talking just conversational approach, um, really how you would actually talk to another human being. So, so in
1: in in those examples you just gave you yeah. you basically didn't let the cat out of the bag you said no. um this is what I've learned and people need to click open click it up to open it to at least see what you're talking about is that right
0: yeah absolutely and and like if you're having a conversation with a friend and they start out with that the next natural step for you to be like really tell me more or, or what do you mean or what specifically happened so that's Why that's that change of conversation, that's that peeking of the ears of the person in front of you. Like you're saying, it's you now need to go in to get the rest of the information.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a good point because if you're, you know, if if I was sitting around and I I wouldn't just be sitting there and then suddenly just out of nowhere just say, I just got married. (laughs) I'd be like, guess what? Guess what? Guess what happened to me? And you'd be like, what? 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 And then that's just subject line. Like that's the (laughs) thing. Like, guess what happened to me? Or guess what I just did?
0: Well, Um, I wouldn't turning to you and going, (laughs) Two for one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Buy my stuff. Uh, we, we, we met each other at the cafe, the coffee shop. And it'd be like, as we sit down, we don't even say hello. We just say, I have something for you to buy. <laughs> exactly. Buy by my site and then I'll talk to you. Yeah, so uh, yeah.
0: exactly. So subject lines, erase what you think or all the copywriting jargon and just talk to the person that's going to open your email like a friend as, as you would at a dinner party.
1: Yeah. Good, good, good.
0: Uh, Now, next thing. So let's talk about, um, I guess, types of content, just a loose discussion around what you would actually say in your email and how to kind of get people engaged. And I'll start, I I know one cool thing that works really well is start with a story. Mm -hmm. So you're, again, you've gotten there, you've piqued their interest with a a quick subject line, and then now you're, you're going into the story, the why behind. So if you were to say, guess what, guess what? And then I click in. I can't believe the week I've had. You know, it's been unbelievable. Like 10 of the most amazing things have happened for me. And I decided that I want to share this with you in a video, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. So you're framing up the thing that you're giving away. We love stories and we remember stories and we're emotional beings. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. Stories, um, you know, this day and age, uh, this day and age, this. People are looking for connection with, your, with you and your personality and stories are a great way to bring that personality out. You know, you know, I do funny videos, silly videos sometimes and that's, that's, that's just who we are and people either like it or they don't like it. But yeah. um, if they don't like it, then that's fine. It's not, we don't take it personally but it's our story. That's how we want to sort of portray ourselves as sort of that, that style of uh, business. So, you know, portray yourself in a story like that.
0: Yeah, just just be t- talk to the person. Just imagine that there is a person at the end of that email, wherever it's going, and that um, actually this is a good part to bring in the avatar concept. But and I'll let you talk about the Andrew a little bit more. But really, you you're if you get it in your head that you're writing copy versus talking to a human being, then you kind of can lose track very easily on. What your actually what you, your outcome is here, which is ultimately to help your client or your lead to get to that next step or get some results with you. So, um, as far as this avatar, because we just started using more of this in our own business, what what is an avatar, and how kind of would you use one, Andrew?
1: Well, essentially, an avatar is um, if if you could picture the ideal client, what would they what would they be like? You know, what would they look like? What are their likes? What are their interests? What are their hobbies? What sort of things do they do when they're not dealing with your business? You know, what else do they like? TV shows? Is there magazines that they like? So essentially you're creating a persona of your ideal client and then when you have that persona you can think about that person when you're writing your emails to them, when you're creating copy for sales pages or when you're doing anything. Think about that person, if that person was a gen- generic representation of all of your clients then write write your emails as if you were just talking to that person. Imagine you sitting down at a coffee shop with that person, yeah. and and I'm, I'm going to have a chat to this person. What am I going to write? Oh, well, I'm going to say, Hey, guess what? I've just um, can't believe I had a really crazy week this week. This, here's what happened. Um, do you want to know about it? And they're going to say yes. So you just let it out. Um, but you're talking to someone specifically so that they understand. Um, you, what you're doing, you understand them because you already know you've done some research on what they like um, and it becomes easier for you to, to um, write that information for them.
0: And it allows you to screen the stories that you do choose. Like, for example, if if I were out um, with, like, um, my boys, my partner has two boys and they're obsessed with skateboarding right now. They're, you know, 13 and 11. Like, I'm talking obsessed with it. Um, I would not probably tell that story to say... I don't know, a 40-year-old a businessman, that I, if that was my target market. But if I was talking to other mothers and that was my avatar, I would use that story, if they, especially if they were the mother of boys, because they would connect with me so fast going, oh, I'm there, I, I hear you. So it just helps you choose your stories better based on the, the person that you're telling the story to, because we do that naturally anyway, don't we? We screen ourselves for what we say based on the person in front of us.
1: Sure, most people do anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah, they yeah, maybe most people should do it more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, they should.
0: Yes. <laughs> so so I guess use of stories and um another thing is I, I love what you've actually learned recently around the suspense concept and sort of the open loops. What um what is that all about? Creating well, suspense.
1: Essentially what that is is it, it's it's leading up, it's almost like um, you know, when you watch a comedy show and there could be three Current story, concurrent stories, all in a comedy show in half an hour. You know, them subplots, if you like. There's, there's the plot about the mother and the daughter. There's a plot about the um, the kids going to school, and there's the other plot about the milkman, for instance. Um, and then at the end of it all, it all comes together. But what you're doing with emails is you you open up a you open up a subplot basically. So you talk about a story that's relevant to your target market and relevant to what you're trying to get, what message you're trying to get across. But you don't actually finalize the story; you don't finish it off. You actually open up a new story in your next email, and people are like, "Wow, what happened to the last one?" Wow, I want to keep finding out. And then you open up the third, a third subplot, and then you start bringing them, closing them off. If you like closing the loop, so to speak, um, in your fifth, sixth, and seventh email, or whatever number that is, the fourth, fifth, and sixth email, so that um, you're closing the loop. So you're not, you're not, um, you're not leaving people hanging, but they want to know what's coming up because they were, you haven't finished that um, whole open loop thing, so they, they're really keen to know what's going on later. So that works really, really well. People are really, we're finding open rates increasing because people want to yes. find out what's going on.
0: And that's something we learned as well from our background in, the, I guess, the seminar and running seminars and working with speakers is that some of the, the best orators or speakers in the world use this technique on stage. They'll actually start by telling stories and finish the story at the very end of their presentation because the subconscious mind essentially, it's like – it's confused it it hears that you haven't finished the thought so it's hanging on and waiting for the end to come so Mm -hmm. people are more attentive so if you can use that in your autoresponder emails and really lead them through sort of a journey with you through storytelling and just kind of um as you're suggesting start a story in this email and sort of finish it in this one you're going to be weaving things all over the place and people are going to be wanting to keep continue reading your emails and feel connected to you that way
1: yeah Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. So that's, that's what the open loop's all about. So you could use that method as well. So
0: it's a good one. Um, the next thing too is use of images inside of your email. So for me, at least whenever I see an image that's in an email, I can quickly scan and see if that image is what I want to read more of. So really good use of this for videos. So if you're actually directing somebody to a page with a video on it, then Get a a still of that video, just a screen grab of it. Make sure to put a play button on the top of it, like a little play button image. And then you can use that as an image inside of your email. And, um, you know, no, you can't play email or um, videos inside of your email, but it looks like you can click it and play it. And it's then bringing people into the page that has the video. Uh, another thing too, if you're giving something away, is there sort of a, an e-cover or some sort of graphical image that can represent that? Because again, for us scanners, and let's face it, probably most of us are now when we're looking for information, it's easy to know, oh, you're giving me something and does that look appealing visually to me? Oh, cool, I'm going to click on it and go get mm-hmm, it.
1: Mm-hmm, yep, yep, great. Yeah, images, um, and just, just let people know, you can send in, uh, videos in an email, but most of the time it won't get through because they're too big. Um, yeah. So don't even bother trying. It's just yeah. I guess I'll I'll work. rephrase. Yeah, it
0: doesn't work. Don't even try it.
1: Yeah, don't don't <laughs> so many People it. won't get it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What about what else? What other stuff can we create? Well, I'll i get a couple I can chuck up. What about surveys? Um. You know, we're finding some great things responses with surveys. It doesn't have to be a long survey, but it can be a survey. If you want to find out what is the best um, next piece of information or next action to send your people. Just ask them, flat out ask them, what What would you like? Here's a quick survey, it's two questions. Um, and you're sending people a, uh, a survey so that you're keeping those people connected and, um, and uh, communicating with those people on a regular basis. So surveys have been a good way to do it. Um, for that sort of stuff, I like SurveyMonkey. SurveyMonkey.com yep. Same. Is, a, is a great resource that you can use to create surveys for people. Uh, to answer questions. You get a, a list of all the responses and you can tabulate it and that sort of stuff too. So check out SurveyMonkey if you want to run a survey for people.
0: Love it. Love it. Um, uh, what else? So like, as far as if we're talking we we're, we're mostly talking about, I guess, autoresponders up until now as well. I just want to clarify that quickly that there's two types of emails that you send as well. There's autoresponders, which are the ones that you hook up behind the scenes when somebody opts in for your freebie or your giveaway. These are the emails that automatically go out every day or so whenever you set them in your email program. And then you also have what's called a broadcast email, which is an email that you send on demand. So, for example, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I like that idea Andrew just said, I would like to send a survey, that would be something that you'd put together in the moment and then send it to your list, but it might not necessarily be written into your autoresponder sequence. So it's more for specials and things like that. So the autoresponders are the place to use the stories and the open loops. And then the broadcasts are more just announcements, kind of like we're saying, "I can't believe what happened to me." And you're sitting at the table, and then you're leading somebody into what develop, you know, what you're doing in your business.
1: Yeah, a broadcast goes out to everybody on your list at the same time, regardless of yes. where they entered the funnel. So, you know, on yes. a autoresponder, if if Heather entered the uh, funnel back in June and I entered it in September, then she's going to be, you know, a couple of months ahead of me getting different emails. But as a broadcast, we would both get those emails at exactly the same time. Um, so it's great to give current relevant information or news related information that has a specific use by date or a, 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 a current event date on it so that you're not looking like it's outdated when you send it. So that's that one. I think one other thing I like about broadcast emails that, that I've seen working, um, fairly well too is people who link, um, when you send out a broadcast email, usually it's not; it doesn't have to be specific to people that have signed up to your list. So you might be just doing some value added sort of stuff. So let's say for instance, you've created a new video and you've put it up on YouTube and you want to send an email out to your list, you can send it out and say, hey everybody on my list, um, I've just done a video about this, this and this. Um, it's public knowledge anyway that where you're sending them. So what um a lot of the autoresponders or a lot of the mail platforms let you do now, MailChimp Aweber, Weber, Get Response, Constant Contact, um, they all let you actually connect your social profiles to um your um email account. So when you send out a broadcast email, you can actually send out a link to all your Twitter followers and all your Facebook followers at the same time which means that um, you're, not just, you're not just letting your own personal list know what's going on um, which is sending them to a YouTube link but you're also letting all your followers on the social platforms know as well and they might say, hey, this is pretty good stuff, I want to get on this person's list. Um, so it's a great way to connect with people outside your own list without having to rewrite all the information again.
0: It is, and those programs like MailChimp are really cool because whenever you're developing an email, they automatically make it into a web page. That's how you can have a link to it. And they're also responsive, which is pretty cool. So they they're, you know fit the device that the person's reading it from, so very social media friendly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was just one little tip that I'd like to share with people because a lot of people don't often get that that's what it does. So that's yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a good tip. Um, anything else? What other are, what are the Anything else special we could put in emails that people would be interested in uh, opening them up for?
0: I think if you if you think of it like this, where less is more and try not to add to the noise. So it's almost thinking of a newsworthy sort of item. Obviously, um, a funnel or the autoresponders are going to be different because you're building trust and you're telling stories and building rapport. But if you're doing broadcast, what, what's special about it? You know, what is... It is what you're going to talk about adding to the noise or is it actually a really cool announcement mm. that will benefit your your people <laughs> that are the, you know on your list? Yep. And just keeping in mind to talk to one versus trying to talk to many. Like we said earlier, really picture that person in front of you that mm. you're talking to and, and that, that is a person reading it on the other end. And what would you want if you were reading an email? What are those emails that you open? What's so special and unique about them? And less, again, less is more. Longer emails are... Um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't see, see them working. I mean I know I've looked at some of the clients that we send out emails for and the ones that get the highest open rates are the ones that are shorter. It, mm-hmm. it just is across yep. the board.
1: Yep. People, people want to look at something quick, consume it quick and then move yep. on. I, I get emails from people um, now even not, – not even not even um, emails that are from an auto responder. They're actually personal emails and they're so long. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can answer this one because <laughs> I don't have time to think. About exactly. it. So, uh, so I don't read it, and I put it in a box to read later, and, I, and I'm guilty of doing that. But that's just the way people are now. They like if you give it to me in two lines, and then it's done. I'll read it, and I can do something with it. I can respond real quick. But if you give it to me in a whole bunch of text, uh, <laughs> I know. Just, so a, less, just a tip for everybody out there: don't email more. me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, and then one last tip, I guess we can kind of close up with is when to send them. Well, if you are sending autoresponders, and that means that's the whole opt-in thing, more up at the front because this person is is fresh and new and they want, obviously they want to know more about you and you want to pre-qualify them as well. So this works by sending them an email more often. We're not talking necessarily every day, but for the first couple of weeks, maybe every two or three days. And then as you know, you've hung out with them online through your emails for the first 30 days, then you can start to limit that off. And at that point, you drop them out of your autoresponders and you just put them into your broadcast, as we were saying. So mm-hmm. you're keeping in touch with them when you have an important announcement
1: at that point. Yeah, yeah, when they're hot, when they're hot, hot. you know, Get got on it. them when they're hot. All right. Well, I think um, we might uh, wrap it up there, but that's some uh, good little tips there. I always learn something when I'm speaking to you. Ah, same. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, that's good. I've got a couple of ideas. actually. I'll talk to you about this after we get off air because I've got a couple <laughs> of cool ideas that we can start to implement already. Good. <laughs> um, um, but thank you again. We're going to have a uh, we're going to have a guest coming up in our in one of the shows coming up very very soon. So um, keep your eye out for that. Yes. Um, H, where can people find out more about us and tell them also about our VIP lounge.
0: Ah, yes. Um, So part of this episode, we actually put together all of our top opened email subject lines. So we went through our entire email program and scraped out all of our subject lines that got the highest open rates. And we packaged those and put them in our VIP lounge. So we are doing this all the time. We have a really cool place where we have members hanging out with us online. We do video content um, and Things just like I said, like lots of free little cool things that we've discovered that we like to share. So if you guys are interested in knowing more about how to hang out with us in our lounge, you can go to AYBLounge.com. It'd be great to see you in there. We already have a lot of business owners from all over the world that are loving it. So, um, And one more thing too, if you don't have your online survival guide, make sure you grab that. That's a free amazing little tool and that's at aybguide.com.
1: AYBguide.com. All right, H, well, you have a wonderful day. Don't spend too much time at that skate park of yours. I know, I know <laughs> yeah. you're going to be doing 40-40 axle grinds.
0: That's right. Off those half Kick pipes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, until next time, we'll talk to you then. See you later. Thanks, Peter. Bye, guys. Bye. Make sure to grab our free business automation
0: guide now and get access to other special bonuses. Head on over to AYBpodcast.com. All passengers and cabin crew should now be with and Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first officer speaking. On behalf of your captains, Andrew McCauley and Heather Porter, we would like to thank you for taking the journey with us to autopilot your business. You are now closer to putting your own business on autopilot using the Internet. Of course, if you would like to rack up some frequent flyer points, visit our website, www.autopilotyourbusiness.com, or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash autopilotyourbusiness. These frequent flyer points are totally
1: useless, but the information is gold. Until we fly again, happy travels.